the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning to you. Here it is, a Monday, and uh, the power panel is in. Jan's not here. Her well went dry over the weekend, and so she has to be at her business uh, today to get things uh, taken care with that. And so uh, I don't know if she's got a a well drilling team coming out or the water company is out. I think she said the water company was going to come out, and they were going to talk about how much it was going to run cost to run water uh, to her business now. So uh, we'll know more about that as uh, the day goes on and and the week goes on. But in the studio, uh, Paul is in, RD is in, Iverson has just arrived. Uh, Over the weekend, I know that uh, RD and Iverson and myself were all at the Arkansas GOP convention. We'll spend uh, some time talking about that. Uh, the governor uh, talked about his mandate now about wearing masks. We'll talk about that today. It goes into effect today. You can be fined up to $500 uh, for not wearing a mask. You cannot be arrested or detained, though, okay. for not wearing a, a mask. But that's, that's some things to keep in mind. All right. So, guys, how are you today? Uh, Paul? R.D. and Iverson, thanks for coming in. Yes, They're sir. sitting in the studio. I'm still sitting at home under doctor's orders. I think I'm going to be able to come in tomorrow hmm. uh, to the studio. But it sound, it's going to sound today like n- uh, nobody's on phone because nobody will be. But we'll be still talking from some distances uh, apart. How, uh, how was everybody's weekend? Was it good, Paul? It was pretty good. A good one? Yeah, I, I- my little brother threw a party for a friend of ours who had who had just got his EMT certification. No, oh. and so we did that Saturday. And then okay, now when you have a party for an EMT, do you like have, you know, do you do like do you play like somebody has a heart attack and no, everybody gives him CPR? Or something? <laughs> no. no, we didn't. We didn't do that. But um, we uh, we just it was just fa- friends and family and I got you. hot dogs and hamburgers <laughs> and watermelon and. The oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of little kids running around and wringing a few chicken necks. And- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's right. You can do that this weekend, but but you know that, that's that's on the table. <laughs> hey, that's did- never going to go away. <laughs> that's right. You that's you got to live go with away. that one now, Paul. Hey, I wasn't ashamed of the, to begin with. So now Iverson and uh, RD and myself were not at the Blue Lives Matter uh, event. I heard that uh, Black Lives Matter showed up and tried to cause some problems like according to uh ken uh, wallace who was there you know taking uh video of the event i guess uh, blm showed up 
and and tried to and tried to incite some things going on. Uh, I tried to get in, get a hold of Ken. I couldn't. If he's listening, uh, if he calls in, we'll talk about that. I can try to see. send him a message if he'd like. Yeah, send him send him a quick way, uh, a, a quick text, and let him know to to call in here about the bottom of the hour, and and we'll get him on and talk to him about it and see see what uh, what all went down over the weekend. Iverson and R.D. were with me. We were at the Benton Event Center, and I thought that uh, the Arkansas GOP uh, State Convention was well run and done uh, done quickly and uh, was interesting what went down. Were you a, a little bit surprised at your resolution that you helped push forward, uh, R.D., regarding the curriculum of the Arkansas Public Education System which specifically dealt with teaching uh, creationism if you're teaching Darwinism at uh, the, the public school system, that we include that in something that we should be uh, pushing towards uh, in, in the state of Arkansas with the Republican Party. Well, Dave, with that particular group, I wasn't really surprised. I, I, was, uh, I, I was glad, and, and it felt good to see somebody support something 110%. No one spoke against it. You know, as you said on the show this weekend, that we believe that uh, if the te- if the schools are going to take public money and teach the theory of, uh, of evolution, that uh, the children ought to pre- be presented with the same theory of creation. Uh, so I felt good about that group. They were 110% behind it. No one spoke against it. Uh, you know, it always comes down. It always comes down to the money. It seems like we've got to take our schools back. Whenever I see the violence, and whenever, whenever I see the hatred and, and the clashes and everything, you know, the golden rule in the principles in God's word would solve every problem that I can think of in this country right now. So, uh, you know, with the freedom, people should have the freedom to, to uh, support what they want to support as long as. Uh, they treat others the way they want to be cre- treated. So, uh, so I hope we can get some more support to get this put into into law. But uh, it was great to see the support uh, of everybody that represents the counties in the state of Arkansas and the Republican Party. Now, R.D., have you heard of any, of any uh, you know state representatives or senators that are going to present? Uh, any kind of uh, legislation in January when the state uh, general assembly comes together again? Well, it's kind of early. We just got it passed as a resolution of of the Republican Party of the state of Arkansas that children should hear both sides of the story. But uh, I feel confident there will. You know, whenever I wrote this, Linda Collins Smith was mentioned this weekend. I knew she wasn't going to be there, and I knew we were going to miss her this weekend to see her pretty face and her fireball attitude. But, uh, you know, Lona County Republican Party wrote this resolution together. But I was thinking about Linda and her love for history and her love for this country and her love for God whenever we wrote it there in Lone Oak County. I was thinking about her. And uh, so uh, uh, the the group was thinking about you know, the children in the future, we believe the future of this country is returned back to the principles it was founded on. So uh, that's what our party was thinking about. So uh, I'm hoping that some people will get behind it and we can get enough support to do it. It's it's going to come down to the money. You know, Paul and I have always brought up on this show a lot that, you know, you have to have financial 
freedom before you can have true freedom. And uh, whenever we do this, I'm afraid what everybody will be thinking about, well, will we lose any federal funding Mm -hmm. if we pass a law like this? So uh, I I know it's what people uh, feel in their hearts in the majority of this state, but let's just see if they'll stand stand up for it. It's a question. Yeah, it was unanimously addressed. Uh, It was, uh, what was it, Uh, resolution number one, which was yours, or Lono County's, uh, resolution number four, which was in support of in-person voting, and then resolution number seven, recognizing the harms of pornography and the need for education as a group, uh, was was accepted unanimously uh, mm-hmm. by uh, the people who were there on uh, on on Saturday. I th- I thought that in itself spoke volumes. Yeah, it did. yeah, it did. Uh, they even and you know and you think about uh, that resolution number one. That's just the basics for everything that we believe. You know, yes. as as Americans, as Christians, uh, for most part, uh, this is just the basis of everything that we believe. Talking about creationism and, and R.D. If if uh, you know when you go to lawmakers and however this process works, if someone said, "Well, we don't want to do that," we say, "Well, let's just teach neither." That's that's good with me. I mean, yeah, let's ball. just teach neither. If we're not going to teach both. Then let's just not no, teach either, and, and, that, and, that's the thing, and let the it, church teach it. And that, that is that is the prerogative of parents and the churches to to teach creation. In fact, I, I frankly I don't trust government to teach it. I mean, they're, oh, oh, they're going to get they're going to get it wrong. You know, I, I can remember I was in the first nineteen sixty seven six day. I was in the first grade. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and I can distinctly remember, and that's been however many years ago that was uh, fifty one years ago. I fifty two years ago. I distinctly remember when they were teaching um, evolution, and uh, but I also remember my Sunday school lesson. Mm-hmm. So as a six year old, I was uh, I was a little confused. Which one is actually true? Because uh-huh. our Sunday school uh, book said, you know, God, Adam and Eve, the picture, you know, the man and woman behind the leaves, and then we <laughs> go to the uh, school and you got a monkey. So which is which? You know, uh, all children doesn't have the advantage that you have to have parents to teach them yeah. God's word, and it didn't have parents that even care enough. And even some Christians don't teach their children like we should. Maybe I could be partially or guilty, yeah, or churches. Or, or churches. <laughs> you know, I believe it starts with the father. It starts in the home. Absolutely, is where it starts, yeah. and then it, then the church supports that, and yeah. the church nurtures that. But every, all children don't have that advantage. Yeah. So if, if they're going to be put into this, as Paul would call it, the socialist mm-hmm. indoctrination system that we have, <laughs> that they need to be presented both times. If you take a six-year-old and say, hey, this is how it happened, mm-hmm. and, you know, your, your great-great-uncle's a monkey, yeah. and you all crawled, up, crawled out of a bowl of soup, then, uh, you know, that six-year-old, it, it doesn't know anything right. else. They weren't presented both sides. Yep. you got to They're see both sides. That. Right. And, I mean, and that's you just got, as real to them as Santa Claus. to you. That's exactly right. So these children at that age do not have, you know, the mental development right. to be able to search out other theories. So they need well, to and, be presented with both. And then the other issue is that if they believe that, well, we're all just a bunch of animals, then what's to stop well, them from shooting up a school later on? When they get frustrated, because human life and, really has no right, no value. Right, if they're if they're no different than the chicken you eat from Tyson, then then what's the what's the what's the moral? Um, 
moral reason why. Right. right. There's what, no why? moral reason why. And, and then, of course, that leads right back to abortion. Sure. Because if you're just a lump of tissue, sure. I mean, it, you have no real value other than whatever you, you mean for that moment. A right. piece of chicken just you right. know right. to fill your belly right. for the moment. And you have no eternal uh, value or any real value except for what you can deliver to the to the crowd. Right. Just a, just an inconvenience. Yeah, just an inconvenience. Well, guys, I, right. I am hopeful. I'm sorry, Dave. That's all right. Go ahead and finish I'm, I'm up. Just, uh, I'm just going to say real quick, I'm hopeful that, we, that we've elected some representatives that will put God first and, and be ready for a fight and be ready to put God back in our school curriculum uh, where it belongs and, and uh, teach the history of our founding fathers along with it. You know, this year uh, and what we're currently going through doesn't, get the Republican Party standing straight up and saying, look, listen, if we don't do something, stand up straight and uh, and, you know, act like who we're supposed to be, who we say we are, we're going to lose this country. And I, and I think that's just plain and simple. I hope it's a way. All right. I got a hey, Paul. Yeah. I need to hold you. We'll come back. You get to speak first when okay. we come back. It's about 19 minutes after six. It's a Monday. The power panel is in Paul Calvert, R.D. Hopper and Iverson Jackson all in the studio. I'm back in my dining room, but it sure sounds like we're all together here on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. Back with you on the Dave Ellswick show. Paul. R.D. and Iverson all in the studio. I'm at my dining room table, and Get Around Jim is on the phone. Get Around Jim, how are you this morning? Hey, man, I'm uh, I'm dropping it in the ground, brother. All right, so what do you got for us today? <laughs> I, well, I was telling Heidi, uh, back when I was around that young fine gentleman that was talking about how many years back he was uh, in school and talking about I can distinctly remember the evolution and and and, and creationism uh it, you know going on in the 60s as well uh, to the point that I got this fold out that I mean you remember Burt Reynolds laying out on his poster well this poster yeah. that I had was twice the size of that thing and i hung it on my wall and it it had evolution all the way to man like it was from the neanderthals to the homo sapiens i mean it just went into ungodly detail of how we supposedly evolved and then but the creationism they didn't they they just I knew where I came from even back then, that young, you know, that type of thing. But I'm like, wow, they really are trying to drive this home with a hammer. That thing hung on my wall for about 15 years that I know of. The one Was it the one that shows uh, prime, primordial soup and then it shows something crawling out of it and then slowly but surely you got man standing up and walking and whatever? Actually, it, I don't remember the soup thing you're talking about, but it started off with uh, monkeys Some, on their hands and yeah. knees, and you know, and it just, all, all the way to standing up, all the way to man, and it was. I mean, uh, you take a eight and a half by eleven pay, piece of paper and put it in one panel, and then there was five more across and yeah. five down. That's how big that son of a gun was, and it, and it, I. You know, I I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, I remember. 
right. I appreciate your call. Get around, Jim. We're going to let you go. You get around some more. Get some stuff to the stores. We appreciate you, brother. All right. Now, Paul, you were saying something before we took the break. What yeah, was you know, you I, were, I can't even remember what we were talking about then, but but it's it's just interesting. So we need to add one more to that list of um, Neanderthals, and and because right now now we've got the transgender, we need to add on to the end of that because you know before we had the monkeys and the various different stage of monkey, then we got a full blown man, and now we've kind of reverted back to or we've we've discovered a new form of of, of humanity. It's 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 called the transgender, and they don't know what they are. Yeah, well, you know that that whole that whole poster can be reversed now and showing man standing up and I guess you got to have a woman standing next to him so that it's not considered sexist Uh-oh. but the bottom line you, you have him standing up and as it moves along now we're moving back to being on our hands and knees and, and our, you know like right. uh, monkeys because we're identifying just as a general animal what's the difference Dave in in the theory of evolution than the flat earth theory because we've come so far, we advanced past. We know that the there's, world there's probably more evidence for the flat yeah, Earth. Yeah, there's theory. more evidence for the flat Earth. <laughs> but I mean, th- that's saying the same thing that we still believe that the Earth is flat. To say that evolution, like science, has not improved since the uh, 19th century. Mm-hmm. Well, but, and, and when you're, I, I think maybe some some would bring up this the idea that you know if, if you're looking for a reason to to point out that well some humans some of us humans are are better than other humans and we're just more advanced and more and, and I think the theory of evolution probably ach- helped to achieve that goal is that that you know that I think some of the Europeans and maybe especially the British would have um, brought out the idea that well we're we're a superior race and therefore. Oh, here, here's the explanation for well, why these well, Paul, other you just nailed inferior because evolution is racism. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it absolutely it's, is it's racism. fully consistent with it at the least. So the same least. people that support evolution that say they don't support racism, but evolution is racism. I mean, because you're going back to the origin to why, of the species. Iverson, uh, Iverson, explain what what exactly you're saying there, so people can. Yeah can put that argument together. Well, it's just like what Paul said, that some there are some groups, the Europeans thought that they were better than another group. And, of course, when you start talking about the Aborigines and, and you know, they were studying them, you can still see some of these things on YouTube from the documentaries that were done in the 50s, and they speak of these people as if they were half man, mm-hmm. half ape. Yeah, yeah. So Darwin himself thought that the that the Europeans or the white white people, I don't like to use the term race because there's only one race, but for the, for the sake of this, and Darwin thought that uh or his idea was that the white people were a different race and were species a different species of being so therefore you in order to believe in racism you have to believe that there's more than one race that being the human race that there's so their origin has to be different in order for one to be uh better than the other the origin has to be different i have three children all of them are Jackson, equal amount of Jackson blood in them. Not one is better than the other. Now, one may do better with their life than the other. But as far as their value as a Jackson, they're all three the same. Right. And, and the fact is that people are different. There's there's different people groups all throughout the world, and they vary dramatically. Some 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 people groups are very small. There's mm-hmm. some pygmies in certain parts of the world that would come up maybe our waste. Mm-hmm. And, other, well, other and again, going back that, to the origin, and that's where right, that's where people. it all goes yeah, we're, back we're all to people, the origin. And we have different qualities and different different strengths and, and weaknesses, but we're still people. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
Peter Wait. after Peter after his vision, if we go back to God's word oh, yes. for a minute, yes. he went over to Cornelius' house, didn't he? Yes. And he began to speak to some Gentiles. They thought they were inferior people. Yes, they and did. And as he began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them. Yes. And uh, Peter said, I perceive that God is no respecter, no respecter of, of persons. And it, but it took him three times <laughs> before he caught on to that. So, yeah. so, but that's what I'm talking about, Dave. When you talk about the, uh, 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 you know, uh, evolution being like the flat earth theory that again you have to believe that you have a different origin and racism you have to believe that there's more than one race and so evolution says there's more than one origin that one group started then another group started in order to believe that you're better now theologically i say it like this the only way that that one person can be better than the other if jesus didn't die for for the whole world if he just died for one group or two groups, or three groups. Other than that, that puts us all the same. Centers. All right, let, let me jump in here now because we got news coming up. Uh, the power panel is going to stay in the studio. I've sent a quick uh, text out to Kenneth to see if he'll call in at 635, and we can talk about uh, BLM and Blue Lives Matter kind of going head-to-head over the weekend. We'll see if we can't get into that when we return after the news here on 1011. We uh, continue at 25 minutes till 7 with the power panel. They're sitting in the studio right now. Paul is here. R.D. is here. And, of course, Iverson is with us as well. We're going over some things that went on in the Arkansas GOP state convention over the weekend held at the Benton Events Center uh, in Benton on Saturday morning. And we covered resolution number one regarding the curriculum of the Arkansas public education system, which dealt with uh, teaching evolution. If it's being being taught in schools, the Republican Party feels that uh, creationism should be given the same type of teaching uh, in our school system. So we'll keep our eyes open uh, for people in the Republican Party uh, that uh, want to pick up that uh, particular resolution, write it into legislation, and get it in front of the uh, uh, legislature. Now, what's interesting about this, R.D., and, and Iverson and Paul and everybody, I'm, I'll let you all have your say about this. If a piece of legislation comes up that says uh, that uh, creationism should be taught in the public school system as creationism is, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, which legislature, uh, legislators uh, back uh, what basically is the platform here in the state of the Republican Party. So uh, that makes for uh, an interesting uh, set up for going into January. Would you guys agree? I'll start with you, Iverson. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you, you know, I was just thinking here, Dave, I don't see why this wouldn't get bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. Really? You know, yeah. Well, it, it, it's not like it's something that's really controversial as far as a oh, social. But wait, wait, issue. wait! I, uh, I got to stop you, Iverson. Uh-oh. You know, here's why it would be. Here's why it's controversial. Let's look at the two platforms of the of the two parties, the two major parties here in the state: the Republican and the Democrat. Um, the Democrats don't even 
Don't, acknowledge do not God. even mention God. Acknowledge that of his existence in their uh, in, in their platform. And if you don't believe that, just go to their website and read their platform. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you'll it. not see it. Well, this is a friendly invitation, you know, for True. them to work on their platform a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, just I know there are a lot of good people in the Democrat Party and godly people in the Democrat Party. And I think they would uh, they would support that. So uh, I. I would challenge uh, them to uh, uh, support it, you know, have make this a bipartisan issue and don't get left out and get some credit on this. I agree with you, Dave. This is definitely uh, separate, separate the, you know, the goats from the sheep. Oh, yeah. uh, the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> you, got that right. you know, so it's like, what do you really believe in? What do you really feel like? Iverson, this this is a basic foundation it is. here. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? You, you, you stand with God or you not stand with God? And, uh, and this is the kind of things that, that I would love to see at the Capitol. Too many times is, there's very little things that we can get excited right. about that's going on at the Capitol. But if this came before our legislators uh this is something that i think the whole state of arkansas could get yeah. excited i mean about. How, how do you get confused you don't have to know all six to six books of the bible <laughs> but just find that first one and it starts out in the beginning god that's it and how many legislators don't believe that well they probably now here in the bible belt in the south You'd be hard pressed to find one to say they don't believe it right. okay well if you believe it support it well even 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 some of the forest Furthest left legislators still go to church somewhere and have some, yeah, uh, some semblance of of belief in God. I mean, maybe there's a handful that don't here in Arkansas, but I think the vast majority of them. And do. again, the, the, the resolution you, or the your, res, your resolution is not saying teach this as fact. It's just saying teach it as a theory. Give it the same time as you give uh, the other theory. That's right, and I can and I can kind of you know whenever you start seeing yourself up there and testifying before the committee or whatever i'd love to see this debated in a committee mm-hmm. me and paul seen a lot of debates in the committee but we, we'd the, the, we'd love to see this one in the committee but i can see you know the other side saying well those christians they can't agree on anything and they couldn't get get along on the curriculum and you know we we don't agree on everything but i tell you one thing that we do agree oh, yes. on and we agree on chapter one there you go in the first one we all agree on that <laughs> We could all get together and put that together just fine, couldn't yeah. we, Iverson? Yeah, that's before the Pentecostals and the Baptists and the Methodists all got a hold of the Bible and <laughs> start going their own ways with it. So, so, yeah, I think we can we can agree on in the beginning God. That's exactly so I, right. I think that one, and maybe I'm wrong on this, I think that maybe one roadblock may be that the attorneys will get involved and say, well, you know, this is going to be an issue of constitutionality. We're not allowed to do this. The courts are going to stop us and there's going to be lawsuits and whatever else. And and that that's one of the kind of the, those excuses to 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 keep doing the wrong thing. Yeah, it, don't it, take our country back. Well, it's too and late. And, and, well, and that's the thing is that the the the, um, the schools and businesses and wherever else they'll they'll kind of just um, capitulate and, and allow the, um, the the thugs to rule because they're afraid of lawsuits. Yeah, and, and I think, only if we. As as the as the public, I'll say the public only if we just just go. Well, we're going to leave it up to them. You know, we left things up to the experts for too long. Well, and that's, and that's another. That's another. This is that's government a, by that, the people. Right, that's the other issue is that we've allowed the courts to become the top dog di- dictators. Yes. 
of a, as more of an oligarchy. It's not just one. There's there's a whole bunch of judges out there that that have decided that they can make law, and mm-hmm. they don't make any bones about it. They'll tell you they're making law. Well, Iverson, well I think yeah. I think they're in they're in all right shape as long as they teach. Uh, a God and not a specific which, which right. God. I, I think belief may, in God, and that that may be the the, the caveat there. That that um, to come to go online. back to the Declaration of Independence and see how far they have to go to, <laughs> to, to, to somebody refer to God. Yeah, if but, they got if they got to get up in front of the class and call it the Creator, so be it. Sure, and same uh, person. And uh, Iverson brought up a good point this weekend when we were talking at the meeting, uh, Dave, and that was. If if we want the legislators that we elect to support our theories and we want them to support us and this by the people, for the people, that means we have to support them. That's right. And, and whenever you say, well, hey, they go the way of Walmart. They go the way with Axiom. They that's go the way them. with all that stuff. <laughs> that's who supports them. So yeah. we've got something to do. We've got some obligation, yes. don't we? Is yeah. that your thoughts? Yeah. You know, how, how churches, we, we, go, we live by offerings. And I can tell you as a pastor, it's better to have 20 people – who give consistently, whatever that is, $100 a week or $10 a week, than to have one person that gives a, a, a big check. You know, yep. and we, we take the big checks. We like those. But I'd rather have, if I got a choice, I'd rather have, and I've been pastoring now 23 years, so I have a, a slight bit of experience. I'd take that regular, you know, consistent uh, small amount than the one big amount because, uh, I mean, I'm the same out. I don't care what I'm doing. And, I, no one person, because you give a lot of money, you can't tell me to change the Bible or make me change but my they might want They might want you to. Well, I'm sure a lot of people want me to, yeah. but uh, you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, so you. But again, back to the point that R.D. was making: as 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 people, if we want our party back, then we have to support with our individual, uh, and no matter how small well, it is. And, and some of it, some might think, well, I'm not a Walmart. Well, you spend five dollars in Walmart, spend five dollars with your party. <laughs> yeah. uh, and part, right. of, part of let it me is, let me go ahead. hold on just a second, Paul. Let me get get one last point in. Uh, before we got on all of the resolutions on Saturday, uh, we voted on the platform specifically mm-hmm. and and uh, agreed all agreed to it unanimously. I didn't hear one dissenting Mm-mm. voice vote during that. Uh, I, you know. Pointed out to me from uh, from Doyle Webb is the first one, which was the power of faith in God has been changed to the power of faith in God Almighty. Hmm. That uh, the the the, uh, the state uh, platform now says the power of faith in God Almighty. So we believe that uh, he has a a large say in the things that we believe and the things that we do, and that's important. We'll get back to talking about the uh, Arkansas GOP State Convention that occurred over the weekend when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about Resolution 2, a resolution in support of pursuing individual achievement. We'll do that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stay with us. we got more coming your way. Uh, we've got about 10 minutes uh, till 7 o'clock right now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I wanted to bring up something to you guys real quickly, uh, just as an aside, and that is because I just heard you talking about uh, 
Brave New World and Animal Farm in the background. <laughs> you Do you guys? That, huh? Yeah, I can hear you. Just you know, I uh, I want you all to know that uh, in many school systems in America now, they are they are striking out the ability to teach 1984, mm. Brave New World, or Animal Farm. They say that's all white privilege. Hmm. How does that strike you guys? Well, how do you make that jump? I don't, uh, well, they can make anything jump anymore. You can call anything white privilege, can't you? Or, well, I, 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 you know, because I've got a real bad case of white allergies, as they say. Well, so. I tell you what, I've been waiting for somebody to bring up white privilege, you know, know. on the radio. You know, you know I've been you waiting for somebody to call and bring that you, up. You know, I, I, because. I think I might have gotten a touch of white allergies a while back. I was breathing in some sheetrock dust. And was, that, was that what they call white allergies? But no, no that's not what they call white uh, allergies. Different, no. different kind of white allergy. Huh? Yeah. All anybody needs in life and all anybody has is, is make the best of the opportunities just before them. In this country, you have a, there's enough opportunity for everybody. There's enough jobs out there where you can get on the ladder and get on the first one and the rest of them's up for you. For these people that wants to talk about privilege isn't privilege doesn't have a color yeah i mean so uh, there's people that's privileged on both sides but hey i left home with everything i had in the front seat of a pickup <laughs> truck and i had less than a hundred dollars in my pocket now i had family to help me and i had christian friends to help me that helped me along the way but uh man i've worked on a railroad i've hold thistle in fields i've carried out groceries i mean i don't know where they get this privilege at but i think it's a bunch of college students in their parents basements that's trying to make excuse for being losers <laughs> can, you us us can you tell us what you really think uh, yeah well i I, on, I only know this the people who really tick me off in the argument from BLM and others, is that somehow this country has not made any movement forward on the issue of uh, of, of uh, Racism. civil rights? No, because I, yeah. uh, look, I'm I'm 67. I can tell you, I remember riding from Hammond, Indiana, down to uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, when I was 13 years old. And I remember seeing uh, the the black uh, fountains and the white fountains, and and uh, riding on a Greyhound bus, and they, uh, I was the only white person riding on that bus down to uh, in Mississippi, and things of that nature, and talking with the people that were on that bus. It was interesting to me that uh, that doesn't happen like that anymore. You just it just doesn't happen anymore. I've I've been into, you know, thousands of uh, places to stop to get a drink or to go to the bathroom. And there there are not different restrooms anymore. There's not white restrooms and black restrooms. Uh, All of that is gone. We've we fought that part of this war that we have fought in this country, Uh, you know, in the 60s with water cannons and dogs and in some of the southern states, we all know that we've gone through uh, Jim Crow. We've gone through a lot of different terrible things. And to try to have somebody stand up in front of a crowd and say things are no different now than they were there does not only cry ignorance, it cries stupidity. Yeah, that, 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 that is hogwash. I think, I think to say there's no difference is, is just hogwash. There's obviously a difference because I mean, you used to have 
just almost no justice for black people yeah. in some cases. You yeah. had, they would be lynched. They would be um, just pushed around and 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 um, and harassed by government officials. And, and there just really wasn't much justice, from what I gather. And that's changed a lot. Now, it doesn't mean that there's there's perfection. Now we've still got government officials who violate people's rights, both black and white people. Yeah, and the it, only still, the only time uh, what we call racism is going to end is when the world ends, because <laughs> you're always going to have racist sure. people. Now, Dave and I, Dave, I think we're about what seven, ten years apart, something like that. How old are you? 64? I'm fifty-eight. <laughs> oh, you're fifty-eight. All right. Yeah, we're we're nine years apart. Okay. Now, so so Dave remembers seeing those water fountains. We're nine years apart. I don't. So it's just, okay, it's I'm five that. years so, behind and you. And you're five years behind me, I so you seen. have even less. Mm-hmm. So I never experienced uh, riding on the bus, back of the bus, unless I just kept walking when I got on the bus, mm-hmm. or any of the things that Dave just talked about. And we're we're only nine years apart. I have no 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 kind of recollection of anything like that. I'm not saying that there weren't some, as, let's say it like this, from the government side. Now, there are, again, there are always going to be racist people. I can remember when I went to Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia and driving, just driving down through, it wasn't in Magnolia, but just driving down through South Arkansas, and I saw a big sign that said, now this is 1981, something like that, you know, N-word, don't stop here. Now, they mm-hmm. didn't put that up for me. It was just, <laughs> you know, as you entered the town, and guess what? I don't want to be where someone don't want me to be. So yeah, put, don't don't be here when the sun goes down. Yeah, and yeah. I put the off, pedal to the metal. You may I've never seen anything. That side. I've never you, seen you, anything like yeah, that. And, you've never and, seen. And, 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 I, and I, I doubt if you ever see anything like that again, unless it's some some ignoramus, you know, putting it in their yard. But the, to the point of what Dave was saying, and just in that few nine years, that short few nine years. The culture had shifted to such a degree that I have no recollection. We've always lived in a mixed community. Every school I've been to has been a mixed school. So I have no personal recollection of anything like what Dave was talking about. So I I think we call that progress. Yeah, I I do. I I know there's been progress. I mean, look, Dr. King brought us progress. Malcolm X brought us progress. A lot of different people uh, brought a lot of progress to this country, and to deny that is is to deny, you know, what is truth. Yes. Of course, we fought, we fight, as you know, Iverson. Mm-hmm. We fight over all the time with people that can't figure out what the truth is. You know, Dave, you you are, you are, you and I are both veterans, and I, yep. and I, and you know, I'm pretty sure. Again, in that nine year span, I, I came in the military in 1983. That even the military had changed significantly. Oh, my God, yes. You know, I, I retired as a lieutenant colonel. And uh, I, I can recall um, I was a major. I was stationed at, I was, uh, in the uh, 90th Regional Support Command, two-star command. One evening I got off here in, in, in North Little Rock, rather. Uh, one evening I got off work and went over to a, uh, a, a friend's house, or his dad's place, actually. And he and, he and some other black gentlemen were there. Well, they were uh, um, Korean War veterans, you know, uh, Vietnam veterans. So when I walked in as as a young black man with major oak, oak leaf on my shoulders, they uh-huh. they gasped. I mean, yeah. they gasped. I was so humbled. They looked at me like I was a two star general or something <laughs> because when they were serving back in the forties and fifties, you didn't see black. You may have seen one black officer the whole time you were there, and he was probably a lieutenant. But to see 
that rank on a, on a black man a to young, them. A young black man. A young black man. It was such a humbling experience. Now, for me, it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Because it, it changed, things had changed so things much. Things had changed so much. To, I mean, it whereas, just wasn't a big deal. Whereas these guys grew up being cannon fodder. Yes. I mean, to, to have rank, period, even to be a sergeant was a big deal. Wow. But to be an officer and, to, and also then to be an officer, that rank to them was, was a big, big deal. And I understood I was standing in the midst of time and that these were men that I was standing on their shoulders. And, and in that right. moment, I felt so humbled. I, I could almost, it almost brought me to tears. Wow. All right, guys, we're, we're just about out of time here for this hour. When we come back, uh, Kenny Wallace is going to join us as we come out of this, the 7 o'clock news. About 7.06, he'll be with us. And he's going to talk about uh, the whole Blue Lives Matter uh event that they got together at the uh, Clinton Library over the weekend and how Black Lives Matter showed up and tried to uh, to take it over. So we'll talk about that coming up here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The uh, Answer. When we get back, the news is coming up next, and then we'll get back with our power panel here. Uh, special guest joining us, Kenny Wallace. Uh, he's an activist. He'll be on the show here in just a few moments at, at about 6 after uh, 7 o'clock. But Iverson Jackson will be back. R.D. Hopper will be back. And, of course, Paul Calvert will be back. And yours truly will be here as well. But just remember this. Anybody who is telling you that things have not changed in this country about race is lying to you. I'm just telling you, they are flat out lying to you and they show their ignorance if they say that in fact they show their stupidity we'll take a break we've got more coming your way on the dave ellswick show into the show for a Monday. The power panel is here. Iverson Jackson sitting at the far end of the studio nearest the camera. Uh, that is, uh, of course, Artie Hopper and uh, trying to usurp the power of my position <laughs> yeah, is uh, Paul Calvert, who's sitting in my seat. No, you guys did a good job of social yeah. distancing today. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, joining us on <laughs> joining us today on the li- on the line is uh, Kenneth Wallace. Uh, Ken is a local activist. He goes out. He records a lot of the things that are happening uh, in our communities. And he was Saturday out at, uh, I think, the Clinton Library for the uh, Blue Lives Matter uh, celebration that was going on. And uh, no big surprise, they were uh, they were visited by uh, the other BLM, Black Lives Matter. And uh, Kenneth, let's 
let you talk here for a few moments. Tell us what it, what went down on Saturday. Sure. Well, what I did is uh, it came the march went from the Clinton Library um, all the way up to the Arkansas State Capitol. All right. And so I parked at the Arkansas State Capitol and to see the marches that arrived, and there were, oh, maybe 25, 30 Black Lives Matter activists blocking the front steps in anticipation of um, the arrival of this, Blue Lives Matter. This was, down by the, this was down by the road, wasn't it, Kenny? The steps down by the yeah. road. Yeah, right there at the caps of the, the at the, yeah. Well, not, technically not the front steps of the Capitol, the steps right. from the road to the uh, I think it's wood yeah. or whatever it's called. And uh, along with about, oh, maybe, I don't know, 10 to 15 police officers, there's Arkansas Capitol Police were the main ones there, and then probably some, uh, I think, Arkansas State Police and then some Little Rock Police Department folks were there. And the Black Lives Matter folks just had taped some of their signs under the poles and the steps and then had a bunch of signs, and they were sitting there and they blocked the steps. To the Capitol, knowing full more uh, full well that when Black Lives Ma- uh, Blue Lives Matter showed up, that they would be in the way. So they were uh, sitting there, uh, already cussing out some of the police and yelling at folks. And so when Blue Lives Matter showed up, they showed up with their uh, their flags. They came and looked like about groups about ten to fifteen folks. Uh, they marched right up the steps as they were allowed to do uh, up to the front uh, Capitol steps. And, of course, uh, the second they, they come into contact with Black Lives Matter, what Black Lives Matter would like to do is they, they began grabbing their flags uh, and then throwing some stuff at them, and then the fight immediately started from there right at the steps that were uh, on the road. And then the police started to have to run in, break it up, and then the, the as the blue eyes matter marched about halfway up to the to the steps of the Capitol, another fight started, um, mainly flag grabbing and a bunch of sucker punches hit from behind. Uh, immediately as the fight started, there were several of the Black Lives Matter folks uh, had to restrain some of their own from picking uh, from doing any further fights. One of them was a lady by the name of Don Jeffrey, and I think later on she ends up being the one being uh, either her or someone else ends up being arrested. John Jeffrey, I think they tried to arrest her and couldn't, and I think they arrested somebody else. And they, um, they, the Blue Lives Matter made it to the steps of the Capitol. They had a little bit of a speaking engagement about ten, about five to ten minutes while that was going on. Black Lives Matter yelled and cussed at the police, um, called them everything you could possibly imagine. And then uh, Blue Lives Matter, as they marched away, as they done with their event, marched away from the Capitol. They, they avoided the steps and tried to march to the off to the side, to the right. Black Lives Matter began to pursue them, chase them. And eventually at about the Victory Building uh, on Capitol Avenue, they tried to take a fight with them again. And this is, I think, and I think this is where the incident where Don Jeffrey uh, got arrested uh, was they tried to arrest John Jeffrey for assault. Uh, there was uh, several other folks that got tackled. Uh, 
there's a I I went up to the Victory Steps. They have a little fountain there at Victory Building, a little bitty fountain uh, down there in front of Victory Building. They actually jumped up onto the uh, the little concrete little wall that surrounded that fountain and had some had about three people fighting right there in my feet. Well, they got tackled, and the police had to come by and pull one guy off, and they had to make one black black guy sit down, and you know. Uh, a blue eyes matter guy, some old guy with a bald head, had to you know get up. Um, uh, there was another, there was a lady in the Black Lives Matter group who set off near the near the subway, and she she had some kind of panic attack. Um, the guy from the Heat magazine had his camera, I think his microphone broken in the incident because he was a lot closer to the accident than I was, and. I, mean, he, I don't know how he got roughed up, but I know that his, his what he said that his equipment got damaged. And so they kind of uh, broke up that fight, and then the police started to try to arrest Don Jeffrey, who, was, who had been one of the instigators who had been trying to start a fight since the very beginning of the event. Um, and so a crowd moved from Victory Building over to back up to the state capitol around not in front of the steps, but on the other side of the street there, there's a bunch of trees and there's that big parking lot across from Victory Building. And that kind of moved its way up there. And what the Antifa and BLM folks did is they locked arms and surrounded Don Jeffrey. And there's about, by now, about 10 to 15 of them. Some of the BLM and Antifa folks have left. And they're literally preventing the police, they're obstructing justice and by preventing the police from arresting Don Jeffrey. Now, what I wish they had done is just brought out the pepper spray and just sprayed the crowd and arrested all of them for such injustice and Don Jeffrey and probably some others for assault. Uh, instead, they tried to negotiate. They tried to get write in a citation, uh, but they had to get her name, and I don't think they had their full her full name at the time, and she refused to give it. And so this goes on for, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes along with all kinds of accusations that the police are, are racist, that all of Blue Lives Matter are, are white supremacists. Uh, they yelled at cops regardless of race. There were several black cops there, of course. Um, and then uh, Little Rock Police Chief, uh, they make two calls. One is uh, there's an Antifa Hammer guy there. He was a 90-pound, uh, thin, white dude, completely covered in head-to-toe clothing, full eyes sticking out. And he, he got on the phone and called in, I guess what they call themselves, the Black Militia. And about a half dozen guys with uh, bulletproof vests showed up from the Black Militia. Uh, and then somebody else called the Little Rock Police Chief Keith Humphrey, and he showed up later on. And after some talk, Keith Humphrey decided to say that we're, we're not going to arrest Don Jeffrey at the moment. Uh, we'll do an investigation and maybe arrest her later and ask if that was fair. And so he kind of appeased the mob in that sense. Uh, meanwhile, while this, uh, after the, after it appeared that Don Jeffrey was not going to be arrested that day, she and I think some of her other supporters started yelling at the black militia and some of the other guys for not bringing, uh, for not coming up sooner and bringing up guns. And apparently, if you look at John Jeffrey's Facebook page, uh, she apparently is wanting to start a race war. And so that <laughs> she was yelling at them, and then they almost had fights of, uh, within Black Lives Matter themselves in that parking lot there across from the Victory Building. Um, 
they started to migrate down south in their capital. And uh, there, I, I have one video that I've posted. It's called uh, Black Lives Liberal Feminazi Attack Black Man because he's basically shaming him for not, uh, I don't know, fighting enough. Or and and the and the black guy who, by the way, had some scarring from the from some of the fights is like, well, I was there fighting with you. Uh, and and there's a lot of dialogue back and forth between them. So so who but are then, these? Uh, these black militia, who whose side were they on, or what was their purpose for being there? They are on the side of Black Lives Matter, and I guess they're supposed to uh, fight uh, and and and, per, uh, and beat up whoever tries to arrest Black Lives Matter, or I, I guess what the, that, mm-hmm. or maybe they're supposed to. Uh, if the KKK shows up, they're supposed to beat them up or something. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly. So, so you're saying that the the Black Lives Matter people were actually starting to harass them as well? Well, no. Uh, Black Lives Matter is kind of having a fight between each other. Oh, you're right. That's, a, that's what I was kind of saying. So the, so the Black Lives Matter people were fighting or verbally abusing the the um, black militia for not being more aggressive or something of that nature? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they were... Yeah, and, and they were yelling at much each other. There was a lady that came by with two kids. She had an American flag, and she brought along two kids. Uh, she showed up late to the event, and they started uh, – there was yelling back and forth between them. Uh, and so while I'm filming all this, I'm filming this dot drama that's happening in the parking lot, and I film a little bit of what Keith Humphrey says. Some of the uh, – uh, Call them. Uh, they're LGBT activists. They're they are standing there along with Black Lives Matter. They start coming toward me. They recognize me and and they come up. They do what's first called blocking, where they held up their signs and umbrellas in front of me so I can't uh, so I can't film them. And one of them is is a DACA activist. He's an illegal alien activist. Uh, and I forgot his name. I need to look it up. But he comes up and and starts to get in my face, and so they, he wants to pick a fight with me. So all I do is I back up a little bit from the parking lot. I'm still filming them. Um, they actually, Antifa, by the way, had their own cam, camcorder guy who got out, and I literally pointed that out. They didn't care. They said that uh, they claimed that I, they needed my permission to film them, which, which is a lie. You don't. You can film someone, especially in the public, without their consent. So all I do is I motion for one of the police officers to there show up, and and they confirm that yes, I do have a right to film there. Um, let's see. While uh, somewhere in the midst of that time, a black uh, conservative activist by the name of Justin Lee, who usually protests in front of the abortion clinic, um, he comes up. He came up and he started trying to ask some questions and talk about what was going on. And they didn't want to talk to him or me. And so I um, eventually they kind of. They left, and uh, the whole thing uh, ended up. Uh, I also did, uh, before it ended, of course, there was an Antifa handler guy, that 90-pound Antifa spindly guy covered head to toe. Uh, he eventually got in a big black Dodge Ram and drove off um, after picking up some of their trash and supplies that they'd left there. They left a whole bunch of stuff there, uh, but they did pick up some of it. And then the right. Antifa can. Kenny, Kenny, I need you to hold on for just a second. I got to get a break in. If you just tuned in, uh, this is Ken Wallace. He's a uh, an activist uh, here in in Little Rock. He goes out 
and records a lot of the things going on in public. And he was there at the Blue Lives Matter march. And then uh, the Black Lives Matter group showed up at the Capitol. We'll talk further about that in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Power panel is in. Iverson Jackson is in the studio along with uh, Ken, uh, Ken uh, R.D. Hopper, and, of course, Paul Calvert. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stay with us. we got more to talk about. Let me remind you about the good folks over at PI Roofing. They'll take good care of your roof. If uh, there's any problems that you had, we had a couple of really big thunder boomers over the weekend. If uh, some of those straight line winds took off some shingles, things of that nature, if you'll just call 707-3551 or go online to piroofing.com, they will do their social distancing and they will do all the repair work for you. They'll work with your insurance company and make sure that you get uh, fixed up in a 100% professional manner that only PI Roofing can do. Again, their number is 707-3551 or piroofing.com. Joel and Veronica Johnson uh, are your roof leak detectives with all of their professional staff. Again, they'll keep their social distancing, they'll work with your insurance company, and they will get your roof fixed up. In fact, you have a new roof put on, maybe the last roof you ever have to have put on on your home. Talk to them about that. 707-3551 or piroofing.com. More of the Dave Ellswick Show in just a moment. All right, 725 in the morning here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got 35 minutes to get to work. If you got to be there at 8 uh, o'clock, looking at the uh, weather for today, it's going to be a hot one again. It's going to be hot all across the United States from the West Coast to the East Coast, by the way. Here in uh, Little Rock, uh, looking at clouds, sun, seasonable temperatures, 96 degrees is going to be the high temperature today. It's going to feel like 108 with the heat index uh, chances of a shower popping up. It's about 5% during the day and about 14% during the night. So, uh, you know, you know the, the routine, dress, uh, you know, light, uh, keep yourself hydrated, and don't be out in the sun trying to exercise if you don't have to. With that said, Ken Wallace is our guest. He, uh, of course, is an activist. He goes out and covers a lot of the things that are going out and going on around our area, and he was at the Blue Lives Matter march uh, on Saturday. They had some problems with Black Lives Matters by the time they got to the Capitol, and I'll let you pick up. we got about four minutes here, Kenny, and I'll let you finish up. Well, as I said, um, they should have uh, – what they should have done is tried to separate the groups. I hope the police were prepared for what happened. Um they didn't do that. There's been fights on the Capitol before between the Arkansas Highwaymen, the LGBT group. I have that on video as well. It's, it's literally, it was at the front steps of the Capitol, and it was kind of a fight that, that fell down the steps. And then there was another violent incident where uh, the Arkansas Highwaymen held a Trump rally, and they had the police were able to set up barricades to separate them from the, uh, I guess, the Arkansas Nazi group with Billy Roper. Who, who tried to affiliate with the hobby men, but the hobby men has nothing to do with them and Antifa. Uh, but this is uh, another example of the leftist communist uh, starting and instigating riot, and, and then uh, they trying to portray themselves as being victims. Uh, 
you know, when you act a certain way, you're going to get uh, treated in a certain way. And Black Lives Matter, as usual, tried to start fights, tried to instigate stuff, got in people's faces. Uh, and the second somebody defends themselves, they whine to the police. Um, sadly, I, I really wish the police had pepper sprayed the group, especially afterwards when, when the incident with Don Jeffries, uh, when they had them all locked in arms, uh, they could have easily pepper sprayed them and handcuffed them for obstruction justice and arrest her for um, assault. But sadly, uh, that didn't happen, and I'm pretty sure that there's going to be more violent incidents with Black Lives Matter here in Arkansas because of that. There's actually Blue Lives Matter is going to be part of an American Freedom Rally that's happening this Saturday. Same thing, they're going to march in the Clinton Library. Uh, they may they may rename it Epstein Library afterwards, uh, depending on how that investigation goes. But they're going to go there to the Capitol Avenue all the way up to the uh, Arkansas State Capitol. They're going to try to have some guest speakers and have some more people. They're supposed to be escorted with bikers, and I, and I believe there's supposed to be more police presence at this rally. But uh, Black Lives Matter will probably be there again to start some kind of fight or riot, and um, we'll see what happens from there. Okay, so, Kenny, what time is that supposed to be on this Saturday? This coming Saturday, 9 a.m., they're going to be at the, uh, the uh, Epstein Library. Uh, march from there uh, there on Rock Street, and they're going to supposed to march up Capitol Avenue, uh, all the way up to the Arkansas State Capitol uh, main steps, uh, very okay. steps there. And then uh, they're supposed to have some speakers. Uh, they have a, I think, a Facebook page. They had one for this event, and I think they'll have one for the one coming up. And I, I don't actually know some of the very many of the people that organized Blue Lives Matter. I, I kind of met them off uh, later on. They're the ones who informed me who Don Jeffrey was. And, they, of course, they have some other video footage from uh, action cameras a little bit close to the event. I don't know what their injuries they sustained. Uh, I know some of the Black Lives Matter people got you know, some scars and had to get some bandages on them. Uh, but what all happened, uh, otherwise, uh, you'll have to kind of chat with them a little bit. And then I don't know all about right. other events. Well, well, we'll have you on. We'll keep having you on in the in the future. You can uh, report for us, and we appreciate you doing what you do, my man. And we'll talk to you in the near future. Now, Dave Ellswick here. We're almost to rush. Uh, when we come back, Buddy uh, Fisher's going to join us at uh, seven thirty-five right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, here is Rush with his minute. We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Thanks for joining us today. you got about 25 minutes to make it to work if you got to be there by uh, 8 o'clock. Don't forget this number. It's an important number to think about, and that number is $287,619. That's a lot of money, and what would you do with that $287,619 in retirement? Well, uh, that's how much a Little Rock couple could save in taxes with their IRA and 401k, thanks to the tax planning strategy from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. Uh, Learn exactly how much money that uh, you could save with a free retirement tax analysis. If you're saving more than $250,000, be one of the first 10 callers to schedule your free analysis over uh, at that phone number of 501-222-3315. Do you have an IRA or a 401k? Learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling 501 
3315. That's 501 222 3315 investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Buddy Fisher joins us. He's been a member of the Dave Ellswick Show for many, many years. And, Buddy, it's good to have you along with us. You say there's a, uh, a rally at noon at the Capitol today. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I have been uh, informed that uh, actually it started with a group of farmers, agriculturists and uh, rural uh, patriots across the state who wanted to come together. They contacted some of the legislators. I believe that Mary Bentley, Senator Gary Stubblefield, among others, I hope the more the better. But nonetheless, uh, Christians, patriots, Ministers, anyone that wants to come, we are asking people to come, and it's simply just to send a clear message to our governor that his unconstitutional mandate, which is not law, which the legislature is the only one that can enact a law, as you know, Dave. That's why we have three branches of government. But nonetheless, uh, we're going to send a clear message to our governor that We've had enough. Arkansas has had enough, and it's going to be just a very peaceful matter. And the tractor, uh, the uh, the farmers are going to be bringing their, from what I understand, their tractors and their trailers, and I don't know, there may be horses and everything down there. But anyway, uh, we just want to get the word out. We want people to come and uh, support this who feel the same way, Dave. So. Yeah, Dan Sullivan had an interesting post today on Facebook. I don't know if you read it or not. Uh, and and he wrote from uh, a legislator uh, perspective. Of course, Dan was on last week with us on Thursday, or uh, pardon me, on Friday, uh, talking about how he has uh, sent a letter to the governor uh, challenging what uh, he is doing as uh, the governor and not getting the legislature involved in the House and the State House and the State Senate. Uh, it sounds like to me things are reaching a boiling point. What do you think? Well, I think it very much has, Dave. And uh, I've been saying this for quite some time. You know, I said it's one thing to stand up, but it's another thing to push back. And I think we've come to the pushback stage now. And I don't mean that violently. I mean that, you know, uh, you know, in a in a peaceful way. I mean, it's time to stand. It's time to stand up, push back and make our voices heard. You know, it's one thing to be a keyboard warrior on Facebook. And we got too many of those. It's time for people to come out bodily, make their presence felt and do something, you know. And that's the only way that I believe this is going to change, Dave. You know, we're not like the anarchists and the lawless people out here trying to set everything on fire and and uh, destroy public property. We're out here just to have our voices heard and to send a simple statement to the governor that, look, governor, you overstepped your reach. You overstepped your bounds, and you know it. And it's time to checkmate this, Dave, and put it back in place. And whatever we got to do to do that, that's what needs to be done. And hopefully that's what's going to be accomplished. You know, I'm not saying it's going to happen today, but it's got to be a start. We've got to start somewhere. So here hey, we go. Hey, buddy, you brought up something that, that hit, a, hit a button with me, and that was uh, branches of with equal power. 
You know that right. Republicans haven't been in char- in charge for very long here at the Capitol, and I don't think we could work a little harder to move the needle to the right. But the governor in this state, with the laws the way they are, has an unequal amount of power that has been given to him by authority through the years. And I think it's time for some of these legislators to pass some laws to level the playing field. How many times of all of us on this panel talked to legislators on Monday morning when the governor had made a decision over the weekend and said they hadn't heard anything about it? They weren't asked what they felt about it. They just said they would say many times on many issues. We found out about it the same time you did. Well, it's the time to pass some laws and level the branches of government. Well, and RD, I think part of the issue is over the years the bureaucratic branches of government, which is not supposed to be a branch, which is kind of the executive branch, um, have have been quote unquote given authority to sort of make law rules. Which, as far as I can read the Constitution of Arkansas, that's not how you make laws in Arkansas. The legislative branch does not have any authority to grant lawmaking power to any other branch. They can make laws themselves, and the governor can sign those or veto those. But I don't see any authority in the Arkansas Constitution for them to give lawmaking or rulemaking power to any other branch of government, including the governor. They can say that uh, – and so there, there's – that's a serious problem, I think, that needs to be changed drastically. If rules need to be made, call legislative session. Well, here, here's the other thing. And, and, and I, you know, you guys know we have 135 members between our Senate and our House, right? Okay. Right. And I was told that our governor, uh, he, that he contacted two people. He did not contact the, the, the attorney general. He didn't contact the, the uh, lieutenant governor. He hasn't contacted anybody when he made this decision. And, and, you know, again, he's clearly, clearly overstepped his bounds. And so, you know, again, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but this has got to be checkmated. You know, I mean, come on, uh, Paul, we're we're playing a chess game here. And it's time that the people stand up and say, look, Governor, enough is enough. Hey, uh, is uh, Mary Bentley or anybody else going to speak today? I don't know what that arrangement is going to be, uh, uh, Dave. I wish I had more information on that. I'm sure that somebody's going to be speaking. Um, I, you know, I don't know who is on their. You know, I I I don't know the the. I don't know the calendar on that, if you will. So I I wish I had more information. I just know that they're gathering, and I did speak with Mary yesterday, and uh, I believe she told me that uh gary's going to be there stubble field and uh as you know uh and and more uh legislators as well and i can't give you a full list of who's going to be there but i'm hoping the more the merrier so um you know we're just trying to get the word out this morning yeah you know as well as i do what we really would like to see the governor do is call a special session now i don't think he's going to do that or if he Or if he does, it will only come through a whole lot of pressure uh, from elected officials and uh, citizens here in the state. Because if he calls a special session, I believe he's going to run into uh, a chainsaw of people who want to reduce uh, his power through that uh, that act that they did earlier on this year. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Artie. 
Well, hey, you've got another problem there. You know, I was on the 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 quorum court, and uh, a justice, uh, you know, three justices of the peace can ca- can call a meeting. Now, uh, the governor shouldn't be the only one that can cause a special session in the state of Arkansas. If he's the only one that can call a special session, then you've got, you've got another unequal balance of power. A, a certain group of of the legislators ought to be able to call a special session yeah, if they have a majority. I, I don't believe that that's the case, though. Right that's now, the right. Constitution, yeah. I don't think, authorized that. And so when they gave the governor this executive or this emergency powers thing, right, and then there's that's no it, ability for the legislature to actually exercise their authority to call yeah, it they in. Made that's a mistake. crazy. They, they made a serious mistake there. I think and, that uh, Buddy would agree with that. Let's let Buddy here, speak. Go ahead. And see, herein lies the problem, and y'all are all over it, Paul and R.D., uh, Dave. All three of you are, 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 are touching on it. See, what we're dealing with right now is the emergency clause that's been given total power, has given total power over to the governor. And the legislator, as you said, made a big boo-boo and big fault in giving the, the, the governor such power with this. And again, he's the only one who can call a special session. Like it or lump it, and and no, Dave, he's not going to call one because he's going to run into a chainsaw yep. more than he can imagine. That's why he's he's hiding under his emergency clause and enacting these things that he has no authority to do. It's totally unconstitutional. And here's what I say. Now I just want to go ahead and throw this out here. I say now I could be wrong. I'm not a lawyer. Okay, so. Uh, and I'm not a policeman, but uh, I say as the attorney general, the highest officer of the state, that if anybody wanted to checkmate the governor on this, it could could be Leslie Rutledge. Now, Paul, you might know, know more about that than me, but, you know, I said, where's Leslie in this? You know, I mean, you know, we know she's running for governor and she don't want to crinkle any feathers right now i don't know that she has any authority to i don't know that she has any authority to step in but i think there's 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 some concept of emergency powers constitutionally speaking and the governor is the um chief or what do they call the um the the head of the the um the guard the um what am i what am i trying to say that the um the the um, the state the commander-in-chief of the um, commander the national guard uh, yeah the state guard and so the so there's 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 legal authority for that, but that's different than actually making new laws and rules for individuals who are not government officials. Because here's the, state the problem, are, though, Paul. They they gave him yeah, this there's, power there's under a state, uh, the, the emergency a act for it. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. They passed the law. Now they've that's got it, themselves babe. kind of pay, painted into a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yes. they're at the whim of the governor to call a special session. Now that's it. I. If they would all show up at the uh, state capitol <laughs> and demand that the governor call a special session, I, uh, I mean, that would get into being a constitutional crisis. But maybe that's what's got to happen mm-hmm. to get well, people to move off the dime. Dave, it's funny that you said that, because I've been saying this for ever since this, this came up the uh, four or five days ago, whenever this happened. I said this to the, the very day I said this to a number of legislators, and I said to them, I said, listen, guys, y'all keep saying, oh, we can't call a special session. 
I said, you do not need a special session to oppose the governor. What you need is you need to rally your troops. And when I say troops, your fellow legislators, you know, the House members rally the House troops, the senators rally the senators, and go in as a group. I guarantee you, Dave, if about 50 or 60 of our so-called red legislators would march into the governor's office at the same time and say, look, we're here to tell you enough is enough. I believe they could get his attention. Now, do you not think that could happen? But who, well, here's the question. I'll tell you what. But Go ahead. Quickly. All right. We're going to come back. Well, Dan <laughs> Sullivan has done it to a, an extent. We'll, we'll talk further about this when we come back. We've got to get a break in. Let's do that. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, The Answer. All right, we've got about seven minutes, guys, here before we get to 8 o'clock. Remember that at 8 o'clock, uh, I leave the air, but you can watch us record the 8 o'clock hour on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, or you can listen to it at 6 o'clock when we'll replay it, or you can go uh, check out the podcast at about 10 o'clock at uh, 101.1 FM, uh, theanswer.com. So uh, keep that uh, in mind as well. So I wanted to give you all of that information before we got to the end of this half hour. Buddy Fisher with us. So, Buddy, again, this is going to happen at noon today. Uh, yes, farmers and all kinds of people are going to everybody's invited to come join you on the steps of the Capitol to challenge uh, the governor with some of the decisions that he's making uh, during the COVID-19 issue. Yes, sir. That's exactly right, Dave. And, uh, you know, again, I hope the more legislators that we can get there, the better. Obviously, the more people we can get there, the better. I mean, you know, numbers mean something. And uh, so, you know, obviously, the more people we can get there, the bigger statement we can make. And, um, you know, I just I just believe it's time, Dave. And I do want to make one more quick comment. And you you said it perfectly when you said that they had painted themselves in the corner with this emergency clause. And this is exactly the problem. That's that's the big elephant in the room right now, so to speak. But, you know, this thing's got to get dismantled and taken apart. And, you know, R.D., as we would say, one bite at a time. Well, we got to start today. And so, anyway, I just thank you guys for your time and all that you do. And, uh, guys, just keep standing because we need you. All right. Well, we appreciate you, you. Thanks, buddy, for uh, letting me know about this. Uh, because yes, sir, I didn't Dave. know about this particular one. I do know that there is another one coming up this weekend. I was notified that on uh, on Saturday at the uh, Arkansas GOP convention. Thanks a lot, buddy. We'll talk to All you. Right. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye now. All right. So Buddy Fisher, who has been a, an integral part and has been on the Dave Ellswick show a lot of times, uh, keeping us on uh, board about what's going on out there. I have uh, sent Gary Stubblefield a text and Mary Bentley a text to see uh, exactly what they are intending to do today. Um, I can get in touch with them easily. Uh, as far as this is uh, concerned. But, yeah, I, I think that something needs to be done, guys. I, I agree with what uh, Buddy is saying because I believe that the guys who voted for this emergency act uh, a few months ago, 
uh, during the, uh, the fiscal cycle probably thought this was dealing with money and didn't believe that the governor was going to take it and run roughshod uh, and uh, start, uh, you know, naming uh, new laws and things of that nature. I mean, from what I understood, it was brought up saying there might be a downturn because of the amount of taxes that come in because of the COVID-19 shutdown uh, and that they wanted to make sure there was enough money uh, in the uh, governor's or in the uh, uh, the budget to pay the bills. I don't believe they had the governor doing the things that he's doing right now. What do you think, Iverson? You've been kind of quiet during this. Yeah, just uh, just listening to uh, you know everything that's going going on here, and we were discussing off off air there about the difference between you know the uh, what we call administrative authority. Mm-hmm. That's given to uh, uh, the uh, boards and boards and commissions and things like that. And, you know, anytime you give up power or, you know, you may live to regret it. So uh, you just have to watch that. Legislators have to watch that. I'm I'm hoping this will wake up these legislators to realize that that they never should have given up the the legislative power over to these these officials that aren't really authorized to make rules and laws. You know, whatever authority you give up, it has to be well defined. Yeah, yeah, whatever freedom. Hey, replace that with freedom. Okay, freedom. Whatever freedom you give it has up. To be well I don't give up any freedom. Yeah, yeah. I don't give up any of it. So, but uh, but I, I I agree completely. There's one thing that we need to remember, and and these are seasoned politicians that we're talking about here, and a seasoned politician knows that he can do something that people don't like. But don't worry. About thirty days later, they'll be back at work. You know, you can do a line item veto and totally change a bill. What it meant when it passed the House and the Senate. Uh, You know, you can you can make decisions and not consult anybody on your own and make everybody mad. But don't worry. Thirty days, everybody be back to work and everything will be back to normal. And uh, we got to quit allowing that to happen. Well, I can tell you what, right uh, right now that the reason this has come up is that, of course, today is the first day of the governor's uh, uh, executive order saying that you have to wear a face covering if you're out in public. And uh, a lot of people had gone along with the governor when he said he would allow cities to make that decision. And now he said because of health care workers and others who have talked to him, he has decided that everybody should be wearing a, uh, a mask. So uh, when that went out, boy, I can tell you right now, just on my Facebook and on other people's Facebook pages at the, uh, the convention this weekend, there was a lot of talk that the governor had uh, exceeded his authority. And we'll talk about that in our uh, next hour. Either you'll hear it at 6 o'clock when you hear the replay of it, or you can listen to it as we do it live right here on the Dave Ellswick Show on the Dave Ellswick Show uh, Facebook page. Or you can listen to it about 10 o'clock on my podcast. With that all in mind, guys, stay where you're at. We got some more talking to do here on uh, 1011 FM, The Answer.
continue uh, the Dave Ellswick show. If you were listening this morning, uh, you know that the last uh, half hour of the show, we got into talking about uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson and concern by legislators and citizens alike that he had uh, moved past his constitutional authority by uh, putting a must wear a mask uh, in public anywhere here in uh, uh, Arkansas. Earlier, he had said that he would leave that to the towns and municipalities uh, on whether they wanted to do that, and everybody seemed to uh, go along with that, that that was, you know, basically uh, the way our our government works, that we allow the government at the lowest level uh, that has the closest uh, response to the people to make those kinds of decisions. But suddenly he made a, a, a 180 and uh, came up with this uh, this decision. Now, understand that earlier this year, the state uh, legislature gave the governor some emergency powers. Now, I don't have the, the paperwork right in front of me, but gentlemen, if I'm correct, and the power panel is here, R.D. is here and Iverson's here and Paul is here, that the the powers that they uh, vested into the governor were basically those over the budget to help him fill any gaps that he needed to fill because of a, a lack of uh, tax revenue coming in because of the COVID-19 virus. That It seems to me that that's the way it was uh, understood by the legislature, but the governor has now, uh, looks like to me, taken... Uh, over everything to be done about COVID-19. It is not even uh, getting the legislature in, in, uh, uh, in you know, the, the discussion about this. And a lot of legislators are beginning to take real umbrage to this. So let me, let me get it underway again with Iverson, since he's been the most quietest the last hour. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring him in and, uh, Iverson, you talked to a lot of legislators as well. I don't know if you talked to any of them on Saturday. I talked to Kim Hammer. Uh, he was there. I talked to John Thurston, the Secretary of State. He will be on my show tomorrow at 8 o'clock in, in this, uh, this hour, which is uh, either being you're listening to it at 6 on the radio or you're listening to it live on Facebook at 8 or you're listening to it sometime in between uh, on the the, uh, the podcast. So with, with that in mind, uh, they all seem to be, um, and they made their statements off the record, but I can say this, they, they didn't seem happy with the governor. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's kind of like I've got a I've got a face. I don't know if you can see, see my face mask. You just keep one with you. I, I, I'm gonna go with freedom every time. You know, giving people right. and, and keeping everything at the lowest lowest decision, closest to the people. And again, what that means is that people have to get activated themselves, and they have to get involved with the process and understand how uh, our government work. 
No. Yeah, we we all believe in federalism. Yeah. Can we agree to that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and go ahead. Know, I and you know, Dave, when when you have uh, people, when you don't get involved, then you have uh, you allow people to take more liberty and more and more of your liberty, whatever the case, whatever the case may be. So, if you, you, we have the face mask ordinance, and then we have the exemptions. So it's kind of like one zeroed out the other when I looked at and looked at the uh, uh, the executive order. So you have all the exemptions in there and it really kind of zeroed it out. So I didn't I didn't see the need for any further action on that. And the other thing, my other concern is we have so much conflicting information coming from the experts, if you will. And you go, okay, what's really real on this? Are face masks dangerous for us? Do they really help us? Because you listen to one expert, they say this. The, the other expert says that. So, you know, you got to leave it up. I'm going to do what I think is best for my own personal health and wear one when I think I need to. And when I don't, I'm not going to wear one. Yeah, and whatever that consequence means, then that's just what it means. Yeah, God, God built us with a filtering system on our bodies. It's called a nose. Yeah, got we have hair passages. in our nose. Right, we've got hair in our nose. <laughs> we, got, we have mucus in our, in our, in our nasal cavities. And it's it's pretty effective at, at filtering out crud. It's not perfect. I mean, we can still inhale toxins and whatever else. And but the fact is that a mask is not inherently good for you. You know, this is it might help. Yeah, this is a conversation cases. I was having with someone yesterday, and that is the sadness, sad part about this whole COVID thing is when you go from it becoming a when when it's a health crisis, but it comes political. And then people make decisions based on politics and not really on, on real science and real and real health. And now, where does that, that line? Well, where do, it, when you cross that line, well, I, don't, so, I don't know. Sometimes it's one of those things where the benefit might be small and we say, well, if it saves one life, we should give we should empower government. I'm sorry. That is not a good we, we, we know that that doesn't work like that. Well, we you don't. Know, right. And, and, and let me give you a military example. A military example. Mm-hmm. When we say if it saves one life, anybody that's going in the military. We know what we, we have. We don't like to hear these terms. We call it acceptable losses. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's Li- life. Liberty is worth something. It's, it's worth something. And right. we're, this country is built on acceptable losses. There we are know acceptable losses. Be here. Yeah. It wouldn't be here We wouldn't that. be here if, if right. you say, well, we, we're not going to lose a life. Yeah. Then then you're going to – everybody's going to lose their and life. And that, that takes some courage to accept acceptable losses. Acceptable that, losses. That, I think that's one of those things that we need to discuss on a regular basis and realize that liberty is worth something. Liberty is worth acceptable losses. Dave, you remember the, the first Gulf War back in 1990? How many body yes. bags did we have prepared? 35,000. Wow. There's a lot of them. And they, those were called, that would have been what we would call acceptable losses. Well, when you say 35,000 versus 300 million, then you understand that. And so mm-hmm. so we have to say, even with the small things like this right here, you know, what, what are we willing to give up for that? Hey, Dave, you, you brought up a, a point on that. Well, we never intended for him to use it this way. Guys, how many times have we heard that? I think we get sold a bill of goods all the time. We never intended yeah. it. Unintended get, consequences. Yeah, no, well, yeah, but it's intended by the other side. Well, we're <laughs> going to tell them this. We're going to tell them that this ethics bill is to improve ethics when it's to extend our term limits. We're going to tell them red flag laws are to keep you safe, safe in your homes. We're going to tell you hate crimes is, 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 is good that. for community. <laughs> hey, no, we got again, red flag. Again, let me jump in here, R.D. Again, understand. Would you preach yesterday, I, those those guys passed that that claw that that bill to help the governor meet fiscal responsibilities, and I believe that's what they thought 
that they were passing. Now, whether they were or not, I don't know. I don't have the. I don't have all of the. Uh, uh, that bill in front the of verbiage right in now. front of me right now. Uh, I'm working on getting some people on this week to talk more about it. But uh, yeah, I. I I just know that the governor has overstepped his his uh, bounds if he's using that piece of legislation. And, and I, don't, I, I never heard that they were trying to give him any kind of additional powers during an emergency other than to be able to fill in those gaps in our uh, budget. Right. So I, I think and I need to look at it closer, I guess. But I, I think that this particular emergency power actually came from legislation from years ago it may have actually been 10 or 15 or 20 years ago that this emergency power basically gave the governor monarch status during a state of emergency which he himself can declare which is rather bizarre because you give one man so, so was this for jim guy tucker i don't when know he was governor? Might, might have been who knows or maybe bill clinton who knows but when when a when a, when one man can declare a state of emergency and basically empower himself to become a monarch, man, that's a bizarre um, thing for the state. It's legislature a bad to piece do. of legislation. I, I agree. I think that's insane. There's been an unequal balance of power for a long time, and we, Paul, you and I have watched yeah, it the, up at the, the Capitol. This is nothing that's happened in the last few months. No, I no, mean. No. I mean, I have to go back to that line item veto that they did to totally change what a bill did. Uh, that gives, after, governor, after, that a, gives the governor a lot of power. After it's got to, after it got that line item veto, that should have been protested right there to pass something that defunds something, then draw a line through a sentence defund, and make yeah. it to fund something. Wow. I mean, there should have been an uprising with that. So uh, I think well. there's been an un even balance of power for yeah, a long you, time. You remember how that was presented and, and, and it was presented just like just like that, but in the opposite. So you got someone in office that you want in office and they said, well, you, I need this line item veto power so that when a piece of legislation comes, you know, uh, funding comes, we can get rid of that bad piece that we don't want and we can keep everything we do want. Well, it works in the reverse also. Yeah, that's yes, something you does. have to remember. So, so that's, that's the a thing. Good point. That's that, a good point. That when, when it's something that we like mm-hmm. that's going to fit us, at the moment, mm-hmm. we forget that the other, right. you know, when it when it well, flips, you still got the same thing. Alan Clark asked me that one time and it kind of got me. I, uh, something that came out that I liked in the Democrats. So I was I was saying something that I liked that the Democrats say. And Alan said, do you always cite what the Democrat uh, writes or just only when you like what they write? That's right. exactly and right. I said, "Uh oh, you got me on you got me on that one. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, any, any person, any leader to know there are, there are times when you I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, you have you have a you know, you have your boards and all the stuff in churches also. But there are times as a leader, you need the authority to make a decision. It's called making a command decision. And so I don't think that uh, that you can say that the governor can't make any decisions unilaterally, can't make a single decision on his own or you don't need it. You, you know, no, you don't he, have an he office. He does have power. Yeah, the he does have power. And so, he does have and some so, powers. And what so the question is. Are you within that sphere? That's uh, exactly that right. Because right. you got right. if he's the commander in chief of the of the state, then he has to have some authority has to some, do some, make does some have, decisions, have some power. All right, let me say uh, that we got to get a break in seventeen uh, after the hour when we're recording this, just so everybody will know. We have more coming back 
for you in just a moment. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. Power panels in. We still got some other things we got to talk about besides just about the governor here on the Dave Ellswick show. We continue on the Dave Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Uh, If you're listening to this at 6 o'clock, know that what we're talking about happened at noon today uh, on the Capitol steps. And uh, I'm going to give you some information that has already happened. But people are watching us uh, record this uh, on uh, Facebook right now or are listening on my podcast, so this may be timely information for them. I just spent uh, a few moments talking with State Representative Mary Bentley on the phone. She assures me that uh, they are going to be at the State Capitol today. Uh, She will be there. Uh, Senator Stubblefield will be there, as, as well as other state legislators, and they're expecting at least... 50 or more tractors uh, to be in front of the Capitol today uh, with farmers and uh, a whole lot of other people are going to show up. So it sounds like it's going to be a big event. So if you're listening before noon, you need to be there. You need to be part of this and uh, check out what's what's going on uh, and hear what uh, others have. Mary Bentley says she is going to be Facebook living the event uh, from uh, the front of the Capitol. So if you j- get on her Facebook page, you can watch it live as uh, it occurs. So there you guys go. I did my due diligence. I found out the information. I got the names of the people well, we heard from Buddy and about it. And not saying I didn't believe Buddy, but I always check. <laughs> I always check because you might he might have heard something from somebody that he he had a whole lot of uh, belief in, but uh, maybe that person didn't give him exactly what was happening. So now you know exactly what's going to happen. Going to be a, be a lot of tractors there. Uh, I was talking to Mary. She said that uh, Senator Stubblefield, Gary Stubblefield, has been working very diligently with the Capitol Police about where they're going to park all these tra- these tractors at. <laughs> wow. It's going to be quite an event, to say wow. the least. So it's so going to be a regular farm it. show, huh? Yeah, it's going to be more than that, I think. <laughs> I really think any combines. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what all shows up. It, uh, it it's going to be interesting uh, about it, and this is all being kicked off. Just for everybody who's listening uh, to the show now or later, uh, whether you're listening to the tape delay or you're watching it live as it goes down on Facebook, share this on Facebook with your friends. Twelve o'clock today on the Capitol steps. Get there if you can. Uh, they're Facebook living it for the people up in northwest Arkansas, northeast Arkansas, uh, south uh, Arkansas, so everybody can at least be part of all of this. So a lot going down today, and it all got started because the governor, I, and I said it Saturday when I was at the uh, convention, uh, that he, he stepped in a big hot pile of it uh, when he said that he was going to make it mandatory if you were in public to wear a mask. I just, I just knew that was not going to go over well with uh, a good portion of the citizenry of this state. Yes, 
one step at a time whenever we give up something it's good to see people standing yeah. up and people showing up so you know one bite at a time is is the way that we lose our freedom and mm-hmm. one bite at a time is the way that we'll get it back but you know my how we Hey, hey, R.D., it's how you eat it. When they ask you, how do you eat an elephant, what do you say? One, One bite at a time. Yeah, yep. not going to swallow the whole thing. My, yeah, that comes from my, men, my friend Marty from Hammond, Hammond, Indiana. I would always tell me that when I had something in business. He's kind of a mentor of mine. He would say, okay, you remember how to eat an elephant. So, Yeah, Mar- that's, that's a statement, Midwestern statement, brother. I grew up in, in Hammond in, in Highland right up there. But yeah. then, you know, this is a really good thing to see citizen activity, uh, you know, being active in their government. And that's what this government, that's what we're supposed to be, a government of the people. And so coming out and, uh, you know, letting your voice be, be heard is a good thing, no matter what the, this, you know, how you feel about it. Being active and letting, letting your legislation know and, and your government know that, hey, we're watching everything that you do. Who'd ever thought face masks would be what would wake people up? You never <laughs> right. know. And yeah, we don't care what wakes the, them up, of, though. Of, Go of ahead, Paul. Different, of all the different um, rights violations the government engages in on a regular basis, whether it be the a license to cut hair or all these other types of occupational licenses or, or permit requirements and all these different things that, that, that are a serious violation on our rights, and face masks is the thing that does it. Is it is, is the thing that, that actually gets fire get people fired up? And why that is, I don't know. Because you know, wearing a face mask is face pretty, mask is so personal. It is you real think, personal. Think and, and for those of us who are who are ugly, it doesn't matter a whole lot. But for people who are good looking, I guess I guess it really hurts their fe- hurts their feelings. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you know, one, one, one question was asked. I heard this question asked. Now, if the government is going to mandate fast face masks, are right. they also going to supply them? So, or if not, then we have the an unfund, is no. un, unfunded mandate. Hey, that, that's what they're best at in rewarding bad behavior. But, uh, but you know, it's one step at a time. What I was going to say, Jennifer, uh, my wife sent me a thing from uh, uh, ChristianToday.com where China is now telling people out in the rural areas that if they don't take down their their Christian crosses and take mm-hmm. care of, down anything that refers to Jesus Christ and put up the their leader that they're going to they're going to take their government supplements yep. away from them so yep. uh so people you know we don't want to go there that's where you end up if you if you become hey, beholden to the government rd let me add something to that you know the muslims are under attack there in china as well there is a providence in in uh, uh china in the last decade which was made up of predominantly muslim believers that has been reduced their population has been reduced by 80 percent and there there are videos now of them loading now this is going to bring back history okay loading people on trains and them disappearing wow 80 percent and you know it it starts with socialism you said you said they're going to take away their government subsidies Mm -hmm. and remember anything the government gives you they can take away from that's it. correct and, and the state Thank of you, arkansas, thomas jefferson and the, and the state of arkansas is really addicted to 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 free government money from from the federal government so yeah. that's one of the ways that the federal government controls the state of arkansas is because they they dangle free money out there or partially free money and the the state legislators and the governor whoever else they they seem to fall all over themselves they just want the money so the, right. which rights yes. do we have to take away from the people 
Okay, as we continue, and I, you guys are doing a great job of repeating the Dave Ellswick show for the last 20 years. Uh, I've, been, I've been trying to tell everybody that, uh, as, as was said by uh, Iverson, that Thomas Jefferson said a long time ago, a government big enough to give you everything is big enough to take everything away. And that's exactly what we're starting to see. And how many, if you get, the more people you can get on government checks, the more people you can you can uh, tell Control. them that you're going to take those those checks away from them, and are they willing to give up their freedom to get that check? That's the that's the big question. A lot of Americans are there now, okay. and that's, that's sad. All right. When we come back, I want to talk about resolution number five that uh, failed yesterday at the state Arkansas GOP. The uh, resolution was supporting equal rights for citizens of the age. Of majority, and we'll talk about that. It was a great debate about it, and I think if they'd made one small change uh, in it, they probably could have gotten it passed, but uh, it'd be brought back up, I'm sure, at another state convention uh, in the near future. Uh, with that said, the other thing that we're going to talk about is a cashless society. Mm. We're moving quicker and quicker towards that, and there's some things happening in our society right now uh, you might, might not be thinking much about, but I'm telling you, start paying attention. All right, we got to get a break. Let's do it right now on 1011. Continuing on on the Dave Ellswick Show, I can only tell you that during the break, uh, Iverson Jackson and Paul Calvert <laughs> were, were talking about some of the things that we're going to talk about during uh, this half hour, as well as I want to touch a little bit briefly on a cashless society. Hmm. That's a little scary. Which we're, which we're moving towards. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've been to a store yet where they have told you they do not accept cash. Uh, but there's a lot of stores that are starting to do that. They're saying because of the COVID-19, there's not as much cash floating around uh, in in the country. And uh, they only accept, uh, for the most part, credit cards or debit cards. So uh, keep that in mind. Find out if that's the case of any place that you go to. And then if they said that's all they accept, just say, well, then you, I won't be eating here or I won't be shopping here. Keep that in mind because yeah, a, a cashless society uh, is a traceable society. Right. And hmm? that's, that's one of the things about is that That's scary because the, the fact is that, you know, there's a lot of good things that people do that at some point government might decide to make it illegal. <laughs> there are a lot of things that people do. Right. And so, yeah. the, so the, the thing is, maybe they just want to track you and decide and try to try to watch and see what kind of maybe what kind of charities you give to. Sometimes, you know, I might want to give it to a charity or give it to a person who needs some help. I don't want the government to know about it. It's Absolutely. none of their business. Mm-hmm. And so so maybe there's a, a family that's struggling that, that needs a little help. And I don't want the government to know that I'm, I'm helping them out. Right. It's none of their business. Nobody, no, it's nobody's business. And if I can't do it with cash, there's no way to do it. And for and for it to be um, just between me and them, some you know something else also that could play into this. People are taking this seriously. People defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Have you looked at gun sales lately, or if you got online and tried <laughs> to order some bullets or order some guns? People yeah, Jan are taking was talking the, about that. Yeah, people are taking this defunding the police. The left here, well, the Democrats defunding the police. People are taking it seriously, so they may be thinking, "Well, you better not be carrying cash, or you better not have too much cash in your business." 
And too many times the police are showing up like this weekend, and then they're not doing anything. They're not enacting the law, and they're not standing up what they're sworn to uphold. Yeah. Well, so. with that with that in mind, R.D., hey, Heidi, do me a favor. Play our future 911 call for us, if you would, here <laughs> on, on the Dave Ellswick Show. She's got to find it. So, oh, so, so I, I'm, I'm I guessing this that. is going to be a parody of some sort. 911, what is Here your it emergency? Is. I need help. There's some people outside. I think they're trying to break into my garage. They're breaking into your home right now? Yeah. Can you send some police? What kind of police? What do you mean, what kind of police? Due to recent policy changes regarding police brutality, we need to ensure that the officers we send out are guaranteed to not be viewed as racist, trigger-happy, discriminatory in the event of a violent confrontation. So, Can you just send someone to help? I don't know what these people want. My family is here and... Oh, my God. They just got into the garage. Please send some help. In order to send help, I need to know what race the perpetrators are, their age, (laughs) their sexual orientation, what gender they are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they on drugs? If they are armed, and if so, what are they armed with? I don't care about any of that. Send help now. Sir, we cannot send white officers out there if the perpetrators breaking into your home are non-Caucasian. I can't send officers out there with guns if the alleged burglars are not armed. So, I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Sir? (laughs) Sir? Yeah, that's what we're heading to, folks. Now, what is your emergency? I'm just telling you that we're not far from that, are we? They're not. I I think that they should be sworn to uphold the law no matter matter who it applies to, isn't it? Isn't the law supposed to apply to everyone equally? Well, and that's that's been part of the problem. Like like some of these like uh, uh, some of these cases where the police have stood down while people get shot. I think so, like the school shooting down in Florida. If I recall, I think that officer who hid behind a post while kids were getting killed for what thirty or forty minutes. I think they finally let the guy go. I mean, how is that reasonable when you've been paying these people? To protect your your kids after they've disarmed the teachers and the and the and the volunteer parents and whoever else and told them, well, this is just going to be a killing zone for the for the um, for the mass murderers, and then the police don't even come in and save the day. It's like, why do we have them? Well, that's that's true, I, but. On the police behalf, you have to have people behind you. You have to have a chief, yeah. and you have to have a mayor that you know we're not going to ask you all the questions that that caller, that 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 nine one one operator did. You have to be backed just, up. But R D just makes the point. You know, it, it really makes the point. So, it, do we want the police, or do we want a black police, or do we want a white police, or do we want a you know all well, these? We other, want an American to show and up, and that's and part <laughs> what, of the problem, what do we want? Part of the problem is so many of these cities yeah, they're run by left wing nut jobs that, that are that are that are just off kilter. They, they they want government to to be like a landlord and a, and, a, and a fairy godmother. Now wait a second, Paul. Time. Are you calling? Are you calling Mayor Scott a left wing nut job? Oops. <laughs> hey, I, I just had to, had to ask. I just kind of had to ask that. Iverson, didn't you say we're not going to take care of racism until the take the color out of everything? It has to. It has to. And again, racism is believing there's more than one race and saying one race is superior than the other. Then we're all part of the human race. And there's, if there's one race that makes us all even, 
So you can't. We're people. We're, we're just. We just. We're, we're just. We're people. people. We're so some of us are different have, than others. If yeah. we want to, if we want to describe each other differently, you know, if you want to describe me, if, I'm, if you, I'm you know, tall. I again, have a beard. I'm. I'm. I'm male. It's, it's if you're drowning, do you really care who throws you a rope? That that's right. And do you meeting, really care? Not, no, not really. I just want the person no, to be able you go, to. I'm not going. To, you look up and you're drowning. You you know you get you come up to the top. Right. But the, you know the second time and you see. A white guy throwing you a rope, you go, nah, I'll try it, I'll try it on the third. <laughs> no, you don't do that. Right, or just like So that's if, what we're saying to our, our right. you know, that's what the parity, the parity was. was right. Well, that's we got to make sure that we send the right police out there or insane. you may, you may right. not want their help. Right. That's insane. And you also said that most of this race, racism, you believe, is coming from the media. Yeah, well, sure. You know it is. It's, it's, it's baiting it up. And, and, of course, the media is on the left. You know, it's, that's part of the, all of it is part of the Democrat machine. And that's just the truth of well, it. And, and, and you look at a lot of these different laws that are that are um, that give special subsidies to black people, or or these different school programs where, where they'll they'll let black people in um, with lower test scores. And what mm-hmm. does that do? Mm-hmm. A lot of times it hurts them. It what, does. what happens if you go to law school that's a hundred thousand dollars a year, or whatever it costs? It's expensive. Maybe maybe it's only sixty or seventy thousand a year, whatever it is. And they let you in with lower test scores, and those test scores were maybe designed. To weed out people who couldn't, who couldn't, um, who couldn't do the work. No, here's the here's ahead. the worst part of that. Uh, and Robert Steinbach has written about this extensively. Uh, by lowering test scores, what happens is that everybody takes the same bar, and they find that the people who were cut, you know, slack. Uh, special slack, they get into. Uh, the law school and then it. pass the classes, then they get to the bar and they can't pass it. Can't right, pass and so the then then they're out all of this money and they've got they've got a pile of student loan debt because they were let into mm-hmm. a system where they couldn't make it, and the and the school still took their money. I've yeah. I've got an idea, Iverson, real quick. Let's quit answering those questions when we go to the doctor and when, when we go when they, when ask, ask when they ask <laughs> those, all those questions. It's none of their business. Why don't we just quit answering them? What do you well, think you know, about you, that? You, you, if you think about, it, let, let me let me address the other part first sure. on there. When you when you say why did we start doing this? Well, we did it because we had a problem because we have to acknowledge that we did have a problem. You had schools that were not allowing right, and you, you and know you, certain and people. And the pendulum swung too far. And the pendulum has swung all the way to the other side. So. You have to make that adjustment again, and I think as as people, we do that uh, with a fallen nature. We're going to constantly be making right. adjustments. And keeping that thing in the middle and balance is a very difficult right. because a lot of very t- difficult a lot thing. of times. Let me give, give an yeah, example ahead. here. Here, there was a school down south. I won't say the, the name of it, but every black student that came to that school as a college, mm-hmm. they had to take uh, you know remedials. Mm-hmm. No matter what their no matter what their scores were, they had to take oh, remedials. That's crazy, exactly. But it's the same thing what you're saying, but just in the opposite in the opposite direction. So you take that and you take the balanced approach. And I, I remember speaking to a guy who was an athlete. Now he he also had an offer to go to the University of Arkansas, but he went to the smaller school because it was just better for his situation. And when they told him that, and he made a very good score on his ATTs, um, so, you know, didn't need to go in any remedials, but he had a remedial class, black kid. And he told his coach, either you put me in the right class or I walk. Mm-hmm. And they changed it. Mm. Good for him. They changed it. Good so, for him. So, yes, we have we have that, but that's because the system was out of whack, and now it's swinging back to the other side, so we have to make that adjustment again. Right. So I don't think we can say on either one wholesale, you know, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that or shouldn't do this. Well, but we have to take each one and, and you know, 
Again, make the adjustments and as not, we go. And deal justly. And deal justly. Because that's, that's just as unjust because I uh, apply to a school, I get in the school, and you have me in a remedial course that I obviously don't need. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, it's, it's but because, because your culture says that uh, a black uh, kids can't write, can't read, you know, don't need to be in mm-hmm. literature. They need to be in composition mm-hmm. versus being in literature no matter what my test scores say. So right. this is the opposite where the test well, and, scores and then, say that they then, shouldn't be in that course, but you're putting them right, in that then course. And the other thing is there's a stigma because, you know. Absolutely. If, so, again, if, if, we're if, dealing with the fallen nature of man where right. in the culture, like we talked about, uh, what was the second hour where Dave and I, first hour maybe, we're nine years apart. You won't find that now. The difference. That's totally changed. But, but there's still Because kind of we the, are making progress. Right, there's still kind of the affirmative action thing as if, that if if a if a black person mm-hmm. gets a degree in engineering and people look back look at them kind of sideways and say did you get an affirmative action degree or did you get a real one well, well and, you and know some of the thing, same yeah. thing can be with women too sure that when they, they they give special treatment to women to get them into engineering programs oh leave senator warren alone <laughs> <laughs> leave her alone all right hey listen when we come back let's finish up talking about about this because affirmative action is a huge, huge topic. Uh, I remember uh, when black athletes in football uh, weren't considered quarterback material. Oh, yes. All right. They just weren't smart enough to learn yep. the playbook. You, you'll remember that, yep, Iverson, yep, yep. That, that, that we went through all of that. And uh, there's just some things to, to, to show that a lot of this has changed. I read an mm-hmm. article from the New York Times uh, because at one time symphony orchestras didn't have any black uh, members. What they ended up starting to do was they would do the auditions behind screens, which was a good idea. Everybody would go behind the screen That's and play, it. and no, they would pick who they play who yeah. was the best. That but now... Now, what they found is that, you know, the, the orchestras have about 30 percent women in them, but very few black or Latino musicians. So now they're saying what they have to do, all things considered, is what they're saying. Uh, we're going to have to go in and absolutely look and see what color, what nationality somebody is to make sure that we are diverse. It's an unbelievable. Just, so so uh, you yeah. good music. Yeah, unbelievable <laughs> argument now about uh, about uh, orchestras. We'll talk about all of that. Wow. We got one more segment coming on the Dave Ellswick Show. Last segment of the uh, Dave Ellswick Show today for you listening on uh, Facebook. Uh, you've been listening to this in real time. If you're listening on the radio, you're hearing a tape delay from something we recorded during the 8 o'clock hour this morning. It's playing back now at 6 o'clock. And if you're on podcast, you may be listening to it at, you know, noon. And we recorded this uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. So with that in mind, I brought everybody up to, to date. Uh, you may be listening to kind of old news or you could be listening to news as it's being made couple of things i want to leave you with uh first of all for you listening live right now uh you can watch uh the uh, event from the capitol today we're going to live stream on my facebook page uh, facebook.com slash dave ellswick show uh mary bentley's broadcast of the event from the state capitol today so uh we are going to be uh, to do that so you can be uh in touch with that 
Don't forget that tomorrow uh, Elizabeth will be on. The Bible guys will be on at 7. At 8 o'clock, five minutes after 8, we'll have the Secretary of State on, John Thurston. I talked to him Saturday. He's going to join us and talk about some of the uh, issues that we face coming up in November as far as voting goes, and you won't want to miss that interview either. A lot of important things uh, happening uh, this week on interviews. I'm going to be trying to get Alan Clark on. We'll try to get Gary Stubblefield on. We'll try to get Mary Bentley. We'll try, we're will try. we going to try to get on a lot of our uh, elected officials to see how uh, they're feeling about what the governor is doing. With that all said, and uh, uh, we're coming down to the last uh, eight minutes here, Resolution number five failed at the uh, state capital, not state capital, at the state, <laughs> state convention, uh, convention uh, for the GOP. That uh, resolution stated supporting equal rights for citizens of the age of majority. What they wanted to say the age of majority was was not 21, but 18, and it failed uh, on votes uh, by uh, the folks from the uh, Republican Party. Uh, I think that it had a chance of passing if, uh, instead of saying that an 18-year-old can go out and buy alcohol or whatever, that if it had said, if an eight, because it was like if an 18-year-old can carry a gun in defense of his country, he should be able to 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 uh, you know buy a beer. Problem is. We don't have the draft anymore. If we had the draft, that's got a much more legitimate uh, argument than if it's a volunteer force. So I would have said, I would have said a, a, a resolution or an amendment to be added to that was if you were 18 and had joined the military, then you reach an age of majority. And I think people would have gone along with that because that was where the argument lied. What do you, what do you think Iverson? Because you were there, you heard the arguments. Yeah. And, and I was opposed to, to that resolution and I would be opposed to it tomorrow and today if if it came (laughs) up, because there's a vast difference between 18 year old and a three year old and a three year old, a 21 year old. And as a commander, as I was telling uh, Paul, as commander in the military, when and, and I did basic training command as as a commander, uh, there is a vast difference in that age. And and one of the things I want to stress was that when you're in the military, and people say when you're in the military, you know you you can serve your country. But we got to remember historically, we've had thirteen year olds, uh, you know, fighting in, in in wars. So you wouldn't give a thirteen year old a beer. And the other other point to that is that in the military, you have a very controlled environment, which is very different than out here. In the, in the uh, public arena where, you know, you can just pull up to a corner and get a beer. So that's very different. Well, so one thing in a, on, on, on base, in a you're, controlled environment. Yeah, you're, you're not, these people aren't free. They're not free to do what they please. They're not, yeah. they're not free to, to And they're trained out. and they're, and they're much more aware of the consequences of doing something like that. You know, and, and I've seen, I, I can remember one of the first times I saw this is I was at Aberdeen Proving Ground 1985 and some young soldiers, young, you know, they probably weren't 21 years old, drinking, driving down what we call Tank Road, where you had, you know, going off post, you had tanks just lined up. Mm. And um, they were speeding and hit a tank. Mm. Well, the tank just rocked back just a little bit, but there was red paint all over the streets where they poured it to cover the blood. And mm. so it's uh, 18-year-olds are still 18 years old, and most of us know that today that's not a very mature age. Yeah, the- and someone said there, 
and amazingly, most of the people that spoke for it, or a lot of people that supported it, were military people. Mm-hmm. And one of them said he'd pull personal belongings off of 18-year-olds after they'd been shot yeah. so they could identify who they were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having been in that situation that said if that if he was age enough to give his life for his mm-hmm. country that, that he should have the same freedom that everybody else has so we heard good arguments yeah. from both sides and believe it or not you know i was getting ready to vote and i was kind of i should say on the fence about where i thought the people that would want me to vote that i represent yeah in, in lone oak county so i was texting people in lone oak <laughs> county going hey what do you guys think about this and and overwhelmingly uh, several of the military or a couple of the military guys that I was able to get a response back from said if they can serve their country and give their life, then they ought to have the same freedoms so, as, as everybody else. But but um, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And from experience as as a parent, you know, an 18 year old, you know, still has some maturing. to yeah. do. So did it apply to anything other than alcohol or was it just alcohol? I, I think it – I mean, what else is there different that you can't do at 18 and 21? It seems like the a whole – Guns. Dave, let, let me ask Dave something real quick. Dave, yeah. do, you, do you remember the 3.2 beer? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why even drink beer? <laughs> exactly. And that's what they had on post. And, again, they had the beer – the alcohol contents was just 3.2. We called it a different name, you know, back in those days. But, <laughs> but it allowed the, the troops to drink. But yep. you'd have to drink a gallon of it before you got a buzz. So they were still drinking, but but most of them were walking back to their barracks. They were they were not driving. So again, they were in a very controlled environment. When we say yes. we let them go and fight, uh, then they can do that. When you're when you're fighting, you're sober. Okay, we're talking you, about you, the difference between you people be. being yes, <laughs> being sober, you know, and and following tactics, following uh, a commander versus someone. Who's who? Uh, it's been drinking, and they're not in their right mind. That's a big difference. Yeah, so, I like. I liked opinion. what I liked what Alan Kerr said. Who was who has served as a state rep? He served as a as a quorum court member in Pulaski County. He's been the head of our insurance agency here in the state. He said, "Hey, I'm going to be 64 years old, and I'm still not supposed to be drinking." <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I thought thought that was good. That was good. All right, guys, we're out of time. I appreciate you all coming in. Paul Calvert, yes, uh, R.D. Hopper, and Iverson Jackson, thank you for being in the yes, studio. Sir. Jan Morgan should be back next week. Uh, she's trying to get a dry well wet again. So uh, until then, we will see you all uh, along the way. Don't forget, if you're listening uh, on Facebook right now, at noon is the uh, big uh, uh, get-together with the agriculturalists in this, in this thing.